okay uh, we are live on facebook and to everyone who's joining live or watching or record it's super to have you um this is inspo's road to new normal conversations um i'm absolutely thrilled to have ronan keely aka junior brother join me for a little bit of a chat and um, before before we bring ronan in um i guess really just to give a little bit of context as to what these conversations are. So first and foremost, they've been brought to you by uh, me, John Slattery, and my business, Inspo. And the goal of Inspo is to inspire and motivate the human spirit. One of the goals for me and the business, once the coronavirus arrived on our shores, was to see how I could support people to hit the ground running when we arrive at this new normal. Um, and with that in mind, I thought what would be great is to speak to people in the public domain about their experience because ultimately I'd love people to have you know open healthy conversations about how they found life in lockdown what they're looking forward to and apprehensive about in terms of new normal uh, it's a very healthy thing to chat that we've never been here before so it's lovely I think for us to do to have chats and it's it's just a real privilege and a pleasure for me then to, to have the honor to be speaking to the likes of, of you Ronan so first and foremost thank you so much for taking the time no bother. Thanks for having me, John. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Uh, I have to maybe just share the, like the first time I came across you performing um, was last year, almost to, to not far off to the day in All Together Now. It was, it was a rainy Sunday and myself and my sister took refuge in the RTE tent. And uh, we, we, we struck goals, to be honest, because we had Bryce Desner in conversation with John Kelly. And Bryce Desner, for those of you who don't know, is... Um, member of the band The National um, and it was just interesting I learned a lot about him that I didn't know and that he composes a lot of music uh, so the breadth of his music knowledge is, is huge and then yourself uh, Ronan was asked to play a couple of songs you know around that and I, I remember as you I think you you kicked off with perhaps it was either Hungover at Mass or the back of her and I remember actually just watching Bryce Desner as you played and like here's a man who who's seen the world of music and yet I re got a real sense from looking at him, watching you, that he, that he must have been thinking to himself, this is a different sound. This is quite unique. Um, that was certainly my take anyway, in, in terms of watching him and you play. Um, because your voice is unique. Your sound is, is very unique. And although we're here to talk about your experience and, and lockdown and, and what you're looking forward to and apprehensive about in terms of going forward, one question I really wanted to ask you from a music perspective, Ronan, was like, how much has your voice always been that way? Um, is this a wonderful range of, of, of sound? Or how much have you explored as you've kind of gone through the years as a musician to evolve it to that way? Um, well, like for, for a long time with my voice, I didn't feel like I found my voice at all. I didn't think I could sing for ages. And so I didn't really, I didn't, I sang a bit, but I didn't really sing. And it was only kind of when I was about 16 or 17 and started getting into the way I play now, the guitar and everything else, that I just kind of started singing like that. Just due to, I think, combination of things I was listening to, but also it was just a way that I could sing and just express myself. It was just a way I could, um, just, it was just, the, the way I sound is just the way I uh, managed to be able to sing through. It's kind of hard to explain. Like, um, it's like 
I, I, I felt I couldn't sing for ages because the only way I could sing was to sing weirdly, you know, and I didn't realize that that was my voice until until I was around that age, like 16, 17. And as soon as I felt comfortable enough singing like that, I was kind of, I was away with it then. So um took me a while to kind of realize it was the way I needed to sing. And it was, uh, it just felt right then. And that's the best explanation I can give really. It was, I didn't think about it too much really. Uh, I just, just what started coming out and it was, a culmination of different singers I would have been listening to at the time, probably as well. And who 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 would have been the? I'll come back. There's a question I'd love to ask around that. But who would have been the the music or uh, the singers that was influencing the shape that you were taking with with your own style? Um, I mean Andy Irvine, um, Joanna Newsom, uh, kind of Peter Gabriel era Genesis as well. Um. And a few, I can't think of what else. Those, those would have been the main ones, yeah. Probably yeah. a combination of kind of those three and a couple of other things as well. Uh, just kind of, yeah, getting a Johnny Moynihan's voice as well, kind of higher-pitched, like, Irish folk voices and female voices to an extent, kind of, yeah. Um, but the main influence, probably Joanna Newsom and then the Irvine, probably yeah. the two main influ- things that I was listening to the most at the time. And there's one question, Ron, that I'd love to ask because, you know, you, you mentioned about like accepting that that was your voice and that's who you were and that's how you had to sing. And, you know, before we, we get into maybe the experience in terms of like the lockdown, it's a great place in life where one can just accept, you know, who you are, whether it be musically or otherwise. Like, as you said, you know, you know, it is a unique sound that you have. How easy was it to just accept, you know, this is who I am. This is you know, me as Ronan Keeley playing as junior brother, this is my voice. How easy was that acceptance? Um, I suppose I couldn't have accepted it if it wasn't for, you know, people who had blazed the trail already. Like, um, that's jo- Joanna Newsom would have been a big one for me in that sense. Um, because she was, she really got so much flack at the start for her voice. Uh, and she just didn't care, it was just the way she sang, and I could relate to that massively. So if it wasn't for people like that, uh, I'm not sure how quickly I would have accepted my voice mm-hmm. and how quickly I would have started singing. Um, so it's, you really have to thank the trailblazers, you know, for just for cutting away the undergrowth first and creating the path for other people to follow, you know. Yeah, and I, absolutely. I, I would say there's probably people watching this who regard you as a trailblazer for them. And I suppose it's, it's that continuous cycle, perhaps. Um, okay, look, I'm sure music is going to come up between now and we finish around half six again. Like, like I guess, correct me if I'm wrong, but just having a small look at, on, on the Facebook page, it, you know, it, it looked like that you, you had a busy January and February, like you were, you were gigging a fair bit. You'd had the uh, shortlist nominee for the for the album as well for the album of the year 2019. So, you know, it seemed to be like a, if if you could kind of write starts to the year, it certainly seemed like it was a fairly good uh, start. And then, so this this lands in like um, and and you know March 29th, Leo says um, you know that we're going into a lockdown. So I suppose what how did that how did that news land to you both as as a musician and as a person? 
Uh, well, it was obviously a big shock to everyone. Like, mm. as, as so, as a person, it was just like, Jesus. Uh, took like a while to to come to to the senses, I suppose. Yeah. Like, um, but I I was lucky that like um, the big cluster of busyness all happened together, kind of in the first two months, like January and February, and then of course the end of February things started kind of locking down. Then, but um, so yeah, like I was in a way luckier than some because I was kind of able to tour the first album to the to the end of the the planned sequence of you know uh, runs because um, I literally I had my first like headline UK tour and literally I had just come back from that and I'm working on the next record at the moment so I was on the way up to Newry to the studio and heard that like St. Patrick's Day was cancelled and I was like what that was when it kind of hit me then and I had one gig right before the lockdown happened in Belfast that still went ahead and uh, this was when I was getting news like on my phone of all sorts of things being locked down, you know, down home in Kerry and in Dublin and stuff. And I just I just tried to get as much as I could done in the studio then after the gig and just legged it back home to Kerry then. Mm. Um, so there was like most like the big cluster of biz- busyness, the, the big massive like massive gigs had just happened. So it was just when that had ended that it came along. So it wasn't too it wasn't too bad for me really. Yeah. Uh, there's been a lot that's been of course postponed and cancelled. A lot of gigs kind of since the lockdown, of course, and it's still all up, up very much up in the air. But um, it came kind of at the right time, really, in hindsight, in, in, in a way, as tough as it's kind of been in other ways. Because yeah. uh, I kind of I probably definitely needed a break like it was fairly hectic right before it happened for me like so um and I hadn't been down home in Kerry in ages either so uh I was able to go down there for you know a couple of months like which I haven't been able to do in ages um so yeah it was it like it it uh I was lucky enough in some ways kind of selfishly uh when it hit for me um but you know other gigs were also postponed after that too, so it wasn't perfect. And it's also a global pandemic, uh, so it's not, uh, it's no, it's it's no happy days really, you know. Because yeah. it's interesting, I'm hearing like on two sides one, like, you know, it, it came at the right side, because uh, like, you know, there was a, you did a huge amount of gigging there in January, February, and obviously congrats, like in terms of like, you know, you're headlining, you know, headlining the UK, and then he said it was tough. Then in other ways, I suppose. Looking at the, the, the what the good and the challenging from the, the the lockdown experience, being there back at home in Kerry, like I guess first focusing on the good. What would you sum up as the good of that time? You know that you had down there during lockdown. Um, just just got to know like uh, the landscape where I'm from better in a more physical sense. Uh, did loads of walking, uh, lots and lots of walking where I almost where I got, would have got lost and, and things like that. And um, of course, that was when the kind of two k uh, radius moved outwards a little bit more. Mm. Um, but yeah, I just did a lot of kind of um, like being kind of at one with the kind of being at one with the landscape where I'm from because it's always been very influential in my music anyway. 
but always in a more imagined sense, like in a more yeah. kind of romanticized sense. The kind of um, like the landscape of home from someone who's away from home. So I got to know the landscape of home from someone who's at home, you know. Yeah. Uh, so that was very, that was massively nourishing. Like, um, so that was the good. The bad, of course, is that uh, I live in an area where if you can't drive, you're stuck in your house. <laughs> so um, I hadn't been home in so long that I don't have a car anymore. So uh, I learned, uh, well, I learned to kind of be by myself a lot, but I also uh, spent a lot of time with my parents as well, which is lovely. And uh, the only thing was to go anywhere, I couldn't leave the house really like. Uh, so anywhere I was going for like two and a half, three months, I had to go with one of my parents. So it was a bit like being uh, 12 again, you know, or something, uh, you know, going go, go to do the shopping with mom just to get out of the house like, you know. Um, that That's a good thing too, but it also, yeah. after a while, you know, it gets a bit like, geez, I'd love to hop on, a Dublin bus now and just go and get a loaf of bread or something, you know. Uh, and also, like, my life is up in Dublin now as well. So, like, you know, after, after like, two months, two and a half months, you know, you start you start to miss things that are up here. Um, mm. So, uh, that was, that was less, less good than the other things. And that, that made me eager to kind of move back up then. Yeah, mm. uh, which I was able to do when when things restrictions lifted. Yeah, it, it's interesting. We 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 had a similar like I I went home to Wicklow Town to the folks and you know a couple of my buddies were still up here in Dublin where I came back to too. And I think the phrase "fear of missing out" was 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 something that was hitting me. Like you know, I don't know how much now you that lands for you at all, but just just that like ah, like what's happening up there what am i missing yeah 100 percent. but like obviously with no gigs i didn't have it too badly you know if there was like if it, there was a sense that i myself was missing out on gigs i'd have a massive fear of missing out or if i couldn't do a gig or something there was no work at all happening you know mm. so that uh made me not feel that so much um but i definitely did feel that in the way that like at the start of the year, I moved into my new gaff in here in Dublin, yeah. and um, as soon as I moved in, I was away on tour then for for a month or so, and then kind of as soon as I got back from the tour, the lockdown happened, and I came straight down to Kerry. So I'm only really kind of getting to know my house now after yeah, like yeah. seven months, you know. Yeah. Um. So there was there was kind of. A slight fear of missing out the crack, like in the in the house, you know, because my mates live in the house as well, like and and uh, you know, a couple of my friends live down the road, and yeah, they'd be you know having sneaky cans and outside and stuff as 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 things were moving on. Yeah. Um. So there was a bit of that, all right, but kind of the first, I'd say, a month and a half, two months were fairly fairly uh, enjoyable. Now I must say. Mm -hmm. Um. In, in general yeah and then I suppose you know now being back up in Dublin you know as we start to move forward into what we call new normal um, first and foremost what are you excited about um jeez uh, like I'd like to say I'm excited about things going back to normal but 
it's hard to know when, how long that will be, how many mm-hmm. years, maybe. Yeah. Like, uh, there's a real uncertainty, I suppose. Um, I suppose as things kind of, as the kind of lockdown or whatever is winding down, um, yeah, just just for, for to be able to to see everyone I know, I suppose, and uh, not feel like uh, not feel like you're breaking any rules, seeing friends or uh, enjoying yourself or you know things like that but again from a selfish point of view i'd be excited about when gigs will start uh to be able to go to them as much as play them you know mm-hmm. uh in whatever format that will take in the next few months is we've yet to see with the driving gigs there being cancelled uh, i heard that uh it's fairly like hard to know what will happen you know, in in, yeah. in the in the coming while. So, having said that, I I'd be excited uh, for that stuff to kind of come back into this new normal uh, uh, in a bit more of a familiar way. You know. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. I think we're all craving a small bit of just what we what we had. Um, yeah. You know. Um, it feels a bit like sometimes blind optimism as well, thinking like, oh, it could be things will be back now soon and. Everything will be like the way it was soon. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it can feel like you know you're just blinding yourself from the kind of from the um, the reality. The, uncert- the reality yeah. is like and, and the uncertainty of the reality, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which is a way of getting through it as well, you know. It's 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 fine to be like that, you know. But um, and things are so uncertain anyway that it's a understandable way of feeling too, you know. Well, and that's a good, maybe something that would be interesting to get your perspective on, please, Ron, because like, look, we're all having to live with uncertainty, you know, yeah. uh, me, me, me working for myself, you know, the, the, the traditional work kind of, you know, fell, fell off hugely and you're left with the uncertainty of, of where, you, where, you, where you build it up, yet there's the uncertainty of like how we can live in COVID-19. Yeah. What, what helps you to live well with the uncertainty? Um... Or as well, well as you can. Yeah, I suppose just just if you have a day where you've where you're doing nothing to do something and kind of try to structure it. For me personally, um, this is a time to just put the head down and work on the next record, hmm. um, which I did. Like all down lockdown, down home, I was just I was working on arrangements, doing demos. Could not write a new song for the life of me, which is a strange thing. How couldn't, come? Cu- couldn't cre- create at all. I don't know why. Just couldn't, just couldn't create. Um, which, you know, I selfishly, again, put my hands together on the way down to Kerry, thinking I'll write loads of stuff now, I have nothing <laughs> else to do. Couldn't, couldn't do a tap. Um, I've heard a lot of kind of creative people saying that, strangely enough, actually. Right. So it's i don't know why uh it, that is but it's not an uncommon thing apparently no not the same for everyone but for me i couldn't do a tap so i just focused on the new uh stuff uh just chipping away at arrangements and and demoing uh songs from the next album so at the moment i'm just getting getting through this uncertainty by just preparing for the next thing for when for for when we're out of the out of the hole you know yeah 100% and and so the so the excitement's about trying to get back to the familiar. You're, you're dealing with the uncertainty by just preparing on the next thing and focusing on that, which is which 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 is, sounds like a very good thing to do. 
What about, say, maybe then apprehensions around where we're going? For you, either personally or as a musician, I, I, I'd actually genuinely be interested in, pers- in, in your personal perspective on that. Apprehensions about where we're headed. What, what so the, the, like the main apprehension I'd have, I suppose, is behavioural, like, um, from, uh, uh, you know, people were social, you know, animals and everything else. And um, when something comes along and changes the pattern of how we interact with each other uh, in a sort of a negative way, uh, I'd like to hope that psychologically that doesn't last beyond yeah. this period. Yeah. Uh, I don't believe, I don't believe it will last. Uh, I, I think, um, but again, it's, it's hard to be certain still at the moment, you know, about, about, about any of this stuff. That's the main apprehension I'd have anyway. Like, um, you know, not being able to hug your, your friend that you haven't seen in ages or, you know, not being able to shake hands, uh, uh, you know, being paranoid about being in enclosed spaces and stuff like that. Um, that stuff is especially for children as well growing up, you know, you'd hope that that's not something that, you know, lasts into adulthood, you know. So like psychologically, I'd, I'd, I'd have slight concerns, but again, I, I'm optimistic uh, mainly, and I think it's up to each individual.